Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com or on iTunes. Now, here's today's message. Blessing to be able to worship God today, to come together and to, uh, to sing these songs and worship Him and pray. And, uh, man, I come together. I was thinking about what to say, and I was praying about it. And like I told you guys before, my process is, is, is quite simple. I go for a walk in the woods. I talk out loud. I'm praying out loud. But if you were to see me in the woods, I might look like I'm insane. What do you want me to do? Just like walking around, praying, God, what do you want me to say? And I hope to hear. And usually what will happen for the first couple minutes, I'll talk and I'll pray. And then I, I'm quiet. And that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that? We were uh, just finishing up some conferences uh, for WGTS staff retreat. And we had a, a wonderful friend of ours come uh, from Texas. He's uh, just, just a great guy, and he was talking to us and mentoring us and uh, just speaking to us about various things in terms of communication, in terms of radio, in terms of your ministry and what we're doing. And one thing that he said was that um, in conversation, um, we really don't listen most of the time. For the majority of people don't listen. What they do is they may be quiet, but they're actually just waiting for their turn to speak. <laughs> so... You know, Tim is talking, um, mm-hmm, but all I'm thinking about is, I know exactly who's going to say that, and I know I'm going to say that, and I know I'm going to say everything, and I'm going to win, you know, somehow. <laughs> but what happens when you actually listen? When you listen and you say, I'm registering what you have to say. You know what it is? When you listen, you're putting yourself to the side, and you're humbling yourself and saying, I could learn something from you. And how foolish we are sometimes to not listen to God. So what I try to do, I'm not perfect at it. I, I don't know if, I be, if I'm even good at it, but I try. I try to listen. And as I was reflecting and listening, a few things kept coming to mind. There's a, there's a parable that Jesus shares, and it's one that I've talked about before. Pastor Terry has talked about it before. I bet you Tim has talked about it before. Probably every one of us have talked about this parable, even right here. And Lord knows how many times we've talked about it at other churches. But it's one of those parables that just doesn't get old because for some reason we keep repeating some of these same characteristics of the characters in the story. And that's the parable of the prodigal son. And if you're familiar with it, I mean, just paraphrase, basic. I'm not going to talk about it really today. There's a specific part I want to talk about, but paraphrasing the story, there's a kid who has a dad and he has a brother. This kid goes to the dad and says, I basically want everything that I would get when you die right now and I want to leave you. So essentially saying, dad, if you could just basically be dead to me, let me get the goods and let me leave this place. That's what I want to do. Can you imagine your kid saying something like that to you? How about you just, we just catch in on that life insurance policy right now. I'm out. I'm done with you. I want to go and hit the streets. I want to go and live. And then he does that. This father, it breaks his heart, but he gives him 
his portion of the inheritance. And this kid goes out and lives a life. And, and, it's, and it's honest. At first, he's having a good time. He's out there and he's just partying. He's making new friends. And he's got a lot of money. And everyone wants to be your friend when you got a lot of money because you can pay for them. And he's doing all this stuff. And I love this word just because I'm a little weird. But the word squander, it says he squandered his money. And I can't wait when I have a kid someday just to say, don't squander your money away. Just because it just sounds funny to me. Squander. Say squander three times fast. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. (laughs) Don't you feel a little bit cooler now? So it says the, the scripture says that this kid goes out and he squanders all his money away. And then what happens? What happens to all of our money that we get? It goes away. <laughs> and so this kid basically has all this money. And in a short amount of time, after a period of fun, he's broke. He's broke. And he's out there in the streets and he's down in the lowest point of his life. Now, keep in mind, he comes from a good place. He comes from a, from a place of, 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 I don't know if we would say it's, it's wealth, but he's not in want for anything. He's taken care of. And he has this idea, like so many of us have so many times, that the grass is greener on the other side. But then for the few of us that actually sometimes get to the other side, what do we notice? It's not that much greener. <laughs> and eventually the green's going to fade away too. But when this guy gets over there, it's green, it's lush, I mean, it's awesome. But then what happens, the further he goes away and the more he squanders, that grass is gone. And he's just in the dirt and in the dust and in the mud and in the filth. And the Bible says, essentially, this guy got to a point where he didn't have food. He didn't have money to pay for anything. And he was eating the food of the pigs, eating just nasty pigs and in the culture that Jesus was telling this story, pigs, is, is looked at as unclean, wicked, evil. And this guy, all he can do is get the scraps of that. Squander, scraps. And this guy is just sitting here alone. And look at where he came from. He had everything that he needed. He had everything that he needed. But now he's there. And the story goes on, and it says that, you know, he, he, he goes back and, and begs for his father's forgiveness. His father forgives him. He throws a nice big robe around him. He says, let's, let's get, have some steak tonight. And then, you know, they throw this big party. He has another brother who was angry and jealous because he stayed the whole time, and blah, 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 blah. And the father says, I've always been here for you, and blah, blah, blah. There's so many little points to this story. So many ways. We could talk about it for months. But there's a specific part of this story, and it's in Luke 15, verse 17. And it says this, that when this man, this boy, was down there with the pigs, eating the scraps with nothing left, had nothing, it says that he came to himself. I'm going to say that again. The young man came to himself. Other translations say he came to his senses. He came back. He thought about things for a second and said, wait a minute. Something is not right here. (laughs) I think it's so funny how God includes this. He says, 
He came, it says right here, he came to his senses. How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. But even that part is not as important as the very beginning of this verse. When he came to his senses. Let's pray. Jesus, all we want today, Lord, is to worship you, to hear you, and to come to our senses. Have your own way. In Christ's name, amen. Let's leave that up, Anthony, and thank you. Oh, and I got to say this. Anthony is my good friend, and uh, I'm a uh, faithful, faithful Ravens, Baltimore Ravens fan. And he is a faithful, faithful Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And on Thursday night, on Thursday night, the two teams played head-to-head. This is a team that in the last couple of games, whenever they play, the game is decided by three points. But on Thursday night... The game was decided by 20 points. And the Lord looked upon the Baltimore Ravens and said, <laughs> <and> said <laughs> but what was awesome is that I, you know, I come in here and we're talking trash and, um, and then we're practicing and we're going through the songs and me and Anthony have our little system. We, we, you know, and so I'm like, okay, next slide. And in the middle of rehearsal, it says, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh rules, Baltimore drools. Right in the, right in the middle of uh, your grace is enough. So it was like, what? That's not the words. But Anthony, thanks so much, man. Let's leave this up. Can you just say that beginning with me? When he came to his senses. One more time. When he came to his senses. He had a moment of ding. Something is not right And I have to change things. It's the kind of passage that challenges us on multiple levels. Because I would challenge you lovingly, respectfully, you guys know I love you. And I'm never pointing fingers. In fact, I say all the time, we're in this together. I'm just up here on the stage because I'm too short if I'm down here. But essentially, we're on the same team, right? The foot of the cross is level ground, right? So we're all in this together. But, it, but there is a problem with, with us and coming to our senses. Because sometimes, no matter how old we are, how young we are, how rich we are, or how poor we are, sometimes we start to live in this false reality. And we think that something that is wrong is now right. And something that is a lie has become truth. And now you're living in a world that literally is twisted and upside down. Think about this. One of the, I was mentioning before, we had a, these couple meetings in D.C. with this mentoring program. Pastor Terry gets up to, to give a devotion to, to the team. And you know what he's talking about? He says, I, I want to remind you guys today, Jesus loves you. I just want you to know that. Jesus loves you. And I'm looking around at, at friends and colleagues of mine who are just like, man, I really need to hear that. I really need to hear that. Have you ever felt that? When someone says, hey, God loves you. God loves you. And you're like, you're right. He does love me. Has there ever been moments where you have questioned that you are loved by Jesus? Moments where you feel, what? He, st- he still loves me? After that, after I did that the thousandth time, he's still on my side? What? Somehow, somehow, we've lost it. We've, we've been twisted. And we have to come back to our senses and remember who God is and what he is and how he feels towards us. 
So look at the person next to you. Say, God loves you. God loves you. It's the truth. Say it again. Say it again. Say it with a little um. Give him a high five, too. Give him a high five. Don't be afraid. God loves you. Come to your senses. God loves you. Okay, I'm not going to talk long because I think essentially everything I have to say is right there in, in, in the beginning of this passage. Jesus says the young man came to his senses. He realized that the path that he was on was not right, and he had to turn things around. And it's a process. He didn't just come to his senses, and then everything was fixed. What happened? He came to his senses and then started the journey to redeem and fix things. So I want to talk to you about coming to your senses today. As I'm getting older and as I'm growing, I realize that God is all about this. He's all about waking us up. He's all about waking us up and saying, hey, let's get back on track. He's not okay with us walking. You know, we're, we're supposed to walk this way, and somehow I start going this way. He's not going to let me keep going this way. He might, I might have to do this a few times, and go, oh, but somehow he's going to get me back to this, right? He's focused on us going on the path that we're supposed to take, and that's called coming to your senses. Now, unfortunately, guys, there's a few different ways that coming to your senses takes place. Three little points in a joyful way. Have you ever had an experience in life where you're, it's an everyday, you know, ordinary day, and somehow you notice the sun, the breeze, the smell of the flowers, the snow that's starting to fall, and you look and you say, man, life is good. Have you ever done that? You say, life is good. Or you're in a conversation with somebody, and you guys just have this laugh that just doesn't stop, and you guys are both crying, and you can hardly catch your breath, and, you, and you're you know, just almost about to pass out from joy, and you come back up for air, and finally you guys are, you have that moment where you're like, ah, ah, looking at each other like idiots, ah, but it was all awesome, and then you're like, man, life is good. For a moment, right, you forget about all the problems in the world, and you remember that God is good. And maybe you didn't even realize it. Uh, there's a passage in the book of Genesis. Anthony, maybe we can go there. Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. A story of, of uh, Jacob. And he is aware, he's, it says that he has this experience with God. And uh, he was not even aware that God was totally in the presence of his life. And... Um, it's a passage, and it says this. He says, God is here, and I was unaware. God is here, and I was unaware. I was unaware that God was moving. I was unaware that God's love was just floating all around this place. And you know, for us, let's be honest. Sometimes we come here, we sing these songs, we say hi to people. Yeah, there it is. Thank you again, Anthony. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. When we come into this place, you know, the team is praying that, that lives would be touched here. And we may not be able to see it. We may not be able to even feel it all the time. But I would dare step out on a limb and say that God is in this place. When, you, when you're at work and you're stressed out and you don't know how things are going to work out, but you're at the doctor's office and you don't know what's going to happen, I would, I would dare say God is there. 
And you might find yourself joyfully and thankfully saying, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was unaware. I was unaware. I didn't know. I did not know that God was here. I did not know that God was setting this whole thing up. And it's now starting to work. Now I'm starting to see the light because God has been here the whole time. Again, there's that perspective change. There's that coming to your senses. You thought it was one way, but really it's this way. And I hope and I pray that that is the way that most of us will come to our senses on a daily basis. But unfortunately, my experience has been most people come to their senses through trial or through perhaps embarrassing moments. Like the prodigal son, he's there eating with the pigs, and then he starts, the light bulb starts to click. This ain't right. Something's got to change. You get some bad news about something, and you have to pay a consequence for something that you did, and there's that wake-up call, I need to change. You've been there before. We've all been there. I want to tell you an embarrassing story. I was coming over to Gateway today, and uh, I, today was a busy day. In fact, guys, I'll tell you, I am tired. I am so tired. And I was like at home and I was trying to get things ready. And then I get in my car and I start driving. And have you guys ever noticed that it's when you really have to be somewhere that you hit every light, right? You hit every single light and you're there just close enough to almost make it. And then it's orange and then red. It's not orange very long. And then, boom, you stop. Or or you're driving, and you need to be somewhere. And for whatever reason, that is the day that there's traffic when there's usually not traffic. Right? You with me? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Or, and this is, this is the one, or you just so happen to be stuck behind the slowest driver of all time. You just so happen to be just stuck, and there's nothing you can do. You can't go to your right. You can't go to your left. You can't take an alternative route because there's all this weird traffic. It just, it's just enough to box you in. Ah, you know, you're just stuck in there. And for whatever, and, it's, and, and when you don't have to be there, wide open roads, fine. But when you have to be somewhere, right, now all of a sudden you're just stuck. So I'm driving, right? I hit every light. I live pretty close by. And I'm driving, and uh, I got Cadillac, CTS. It has a big dent in the side. And people ask me, Pete, why don't you get that dent fixed? I say, it keeps me humble. And I'm lazy. So I got, <laughs> I got this dent in the side. And, um, and a while ago, actually, before I went on a trip, this is another sermon, but God, God really spared my life. I have to say this. This, this in all serious. I was driving on the beltway. I was going to walk and pray, um, and my tire just blew up. My back, t- I don't know what happened. My tire just, and I was like, what in the world? On the beltway. I'm like, like Jesus, please help me. I just happens to be no one around. And that was a God thing, right? Because I'm on the beltway, just off, get off the road. And um, anyway, the tire was done. I don't know what happened. Jatesh, you need to come and fix things for me. And so I've been riding on this spare tire. And I, my father, for whatever reason, he has been riding me every day about riding on the spare tire. He's like, hey, Pete. He'll call me up. Hey, son, you doing okay? I said, yeah. I said, Pete, uh, 
Coleman Cadillac called and said that you're making Cadillac look bad right on that spare tire. <laughs> Every day, dad is, dad is on me about this spare tire. And, uh, you know, when you're on a spare tire, has anyone, have any of you guys ever been, had to ride on a spare tire for longer than you would have liked? Okay. No. All right. Who, who has longer than you've liked? Don't see, let's keep it real. Okay, so you know when you put that spare tire on, you can only go a certain amount of miles per hour. I think it's like 40, 60 max. So, so I'm driving down today. I got a big old dent in the side of my Cadillac, and I'm on this spare tire. My spare tire just looks like a, oh, man. Let me, let me not say anything. But I'm on this spare tire, and I'm like trying to get there, and this car is, you know, it's, it's filled with, it's probably got more people than there are supposed to be in this car. And, and it's driving so slow. And, um, and I'm like trying to get around this car and I can't, I can't get around this car at all. And then I'm getting so mad because on University Boulevard, it's 40 miles an hour. I'm, I'll go the speed limit. I don't drive fast. But this car honestly was going like 25 miles an hour. And it's just, and I could see them in the car laughing. The car's bouncing. You know, you can hear the bass, the nasty bass from this really bad system that they had, and they're just having a good time, and I'm sitting in the back, Pastor Pete, going to preach, like, ah, nah, you know, like this weird-looking kid, just, ah, and they're just having a good time, you know, this bass is going, so finally there's this, finally there's this time where I can get around it, to my shame, to my shame, guys, I drive up around the, the side of the car, and I, and I give them the look, you know the look, from Langley Park, man. So we get we we drive on. Look at them, and you know what? They didn't even notice me. I, they didn't even notice me. They're laughing in this car. They're just having a good time, and you know, you know, dancing. People in the back are dancing. I'm just giving them the look, like, and I'm almost getting insulted, you know, because I know I'm doing the wrong thing, but they're not even noticing me, and I'm just like, come on, man, you know. And then I start driving away, and I can only go like 40 miles max on this little spare tire. So I'm like, you know, and I start going, and I pass the car. And um, I drive up all the way up to the, to the light, and I get stuck there because I hit every red light whenever you got to get somewhere. And, you know, maybe what, 45 seconds later, a minute later, I'm still at that same red light. And that slow car that I gave my gangster grin to, they just pull up right beside me, and they're still laughing and having a good time. You know what I mean? And I'm just sitting there like, man, I didn't win, I didn't win any time. I didn't, I didn't get ahead. Nothing. All I got was a sermon analogy for sometimes I'm sitting there at the red light, and I'm saying, Come to your senses, Pete. You're about to go there and talk about the good news of Jesus, and you're upset about something that means nothing in the grand scheme of things. And it's funny, and it's, and it's, you know, and it's silly, but I dare say that so many of us take it a little step in a serious direction. So many of the things that you're worrying about and that are stressing you out has nothing to do with the, grand, in, with the grand scheme of things for the direction of your life, yet it has so much power over who you are. And it's time to come to your senses. It's time to come back and remember who you are and whose you are and who you belong to. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. And realize, man, realize it's a good life. And you're okay. And we're going to be okay. And don't try to be hard in a Cadillac with a spare tire and on University because it, it, they were probably laughing at me. In all honesty. And when you guys go out there, you can look at that spare tire and you can say, yeah, 
That Pete looks like a fool trying to go hard and something like that. <laughs> but we do it all the time, right? We do it all the time. And uh, Nate's here. I asked him to play a song, just a simple song. And um, I'm going to close out with this third point. The, the best way that we could come to our senses. How we started. What if we just pray? I think so many of the problems that we face in our lives could be avoided could be avoided if we just sense, spent earnest time in prayer saying, Lord, just lead my life. You know, lead my life. Show me the ways that I'm off. Show me. Better to come from you than for me to be driving in a Cadillac looking like an idiot at the red light or to be down with the pigs, squander all my good stuff away and just eating the scraps I would rather you just tell me, Pete, listen to me. I love you. You have to stop doing this. Because if you don't stop doing this, it's going to lead to no, nowhere else but pain and problems. And you don't have to do it. You can turn around right now. God, this is something that God wants to do for all of us. He wants us to come to our senses. He doesn't sit back and say, ha, 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 I can't wait for this. This is going to be an awesome, you know, not playing a practical joke. He says, no, I want to help. I want to help. I want to stop this before it gets out of control, and I can. What if you just pray? Just, just please say, God, help me. And he can do the rest. Come to your senses, guys. We can do it together as a team and as a family right now. We could turn away, and we could, we could leave a, a direction that we've been going, and we could come back and get on the right path. And I, I think that God wants us to do that today. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com.